Markies and Once Upon an Upsiders. We are here today to talk about three movies from Up TV for the month of March. I'm just your host and I have Carrie back with me. Hi guys, so fun to be here. Yes, and I'm excited to talk about these movies because I think there's a movie that Carrie and I actually disagree on. I think we actually disagree on it legitimately this time. I mean, we've had we have pretty similar taste with movies we're finding actually mm-hmm. which is, which is fun but yeah we haven't really discussed it but i think we have we finally found the one <laughs> which means now i gotta look for new co-hosts because i only have people on here who agree with me <laughs> <laughs> it's more, it's, it is fun when that happens but it's also <laughs> fun when it's when you can disagree uh, amy better come back the power is going to my head i'm just kicking people off podcast. right <laughs> No, totally kidding. Yes, it's always fun to have different points of view. And so let's jump right in because I'm pretty sure it's this first one. Um, My Birthday Romance starring Ali Cobrin and Jesse Hutch. And I was smart this month and I actually wrote down the summaries from UpTV. Wonderful. So summary, Callie Fitzgerald is tired of her family fixing her up and questioning her single status. She is determined to find a pretend boyfriend for her 35th birthday party, just so her family will leave her alone. (laughs) What she didn't expect was to actually fall for him. So there you have it. Um, Pretty well-known trope within the rom-com And a well-loved, well-loved trope. I will say it's one of my favorites, even though in real life, this would be ridiculous and I advise right. against it. Probably right. not a good idea, um, but I do love it in a movie. I love it in the movies and reading the description and um, of all of these movies before I started them, I I mean, this one to me, I was like, oh, I can't wait. You know, I can't wait for that one. I want to watch that one first. Plus Jesse Hutch, who I just love from um, the A Harvest Moon way back when like 2015 he was with jesse schramm in that movie and he was so good in that one and he's he's a regular he's been in you know quite a few of these type of movies which so i like him a lot Mm -hmm. i've never seen ellie coburn before have you i don't believe i have i think she's Uh -uh. a, a new face for me as well yeah yeah me too all right lay it on me how'd you feel about this movie goodness okay so because I went in with I love the trope I like Jesse Hutch I was really ready to just to love it and I liked the setup I thought that that was kind of fun you know just like her parents bringing all these people to her attention trying to set her up with like this hilarious dentist I think it was their (laughs) dentist okay I gotta stop you right there though that dinner scene did that give you some major mr collins pride and prejudice vibes great point yes that totally gave me mr collins vibes everyone's like wanting her to just settle for somebody because she's 34 and so they bring her so much older than her too i was like who are you picking for your daughter (laughs) so much older okay so so that was kind of fun. And then the brother saves the day and like takes her out with his friends or something. And she had, she meets the character Will. Um, so I really liked it up until that point. And honestly, I don't even like, I don't want to start negative, but like, I just thought, I just thought Callie and her brother 
and her sister, maybe not her sister so much, but Callie and her brother were so juvenile and how they handled all of this, like rolling their eyes at their parents and like trying to deceive them with this boyfriend. And I was like, she's turning 35. Bless her heart. She is like an arrested <laughs> development. I feel like it was more of a teenage thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So I can see that I, now that you say it, I'm like, oh, I guess she was about to turn 35. <laughs> she was turning 35. I was like, and her parents were just so, they were trying, you know, they were kind hearted. So I think I would have liked the movie if they had her age a little lower because of how, who, how she played her character, I guess. But the desperation to find somebody, you had to make her a little older. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like for everyone around her to be so desperate for her to find somebody. So that is my take. I, I saw the whole movie through that lens of, I can't believe her age and her actions right now are just not matching up to me. So it kind of colored the whole movie for me a little bit. But that's why I'm excited to hear your point of view. Like, what did you like about this movie? What did you love? <laughs> well, this is what's funny. Is that everything you didn't like is what I did like. <laughs> so I didn't really, the beginning was a little shaky for me, but it was after the dinner that I started to like it. So when you started to not like it, because I thought it, I thought it started off a little slow and her family just completely annoyed me yes. with how pushy they were. It's like, yeah. If she wants to be single, let her be single. Right. Like, right. You know, I mean, sure, if you want to like help, like that's fine. But clearly she didn't want your help. Right. Um, but I I thought the brother was hilarious. <laughs> he was like one of my favorite parts of this movie because I yeah. thought he provided like a lot of comedy and I loved <laughs> their brother-sister interaction because right. it was very playful. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I didn't think so much about her age and <laughs> maybe that angle didn't bother me at all oh, um such a major plot point though like the <laughs> birthday party <laughs> um but yeah so I I enjoyed that and I you know I really thought that she and um Will was, Will thank you <laughs> so, such good chemistry yeah um, that it really worked for me in the area uh, and kind of overcame the areas that I didn't like. We'll get there yeah. a little later. I didn't really like the ending um, yeah. at all. <laughs> no, but uh, everything in the middle, I really, really enjoyed. And so that really uh, left me with a positive experience because I kind of felt like it was enough that I, yeah. I was very forgiving of some of those other parts that I didn't care for. Right. Okay. So the best scene I think was that scene where they meet for the first time and they're like, just they're, so natural and they're just throwing mm -hmm. out their ideas and opinions about dating and I like being single and you know me too I like being single and so just be they weren't friends but he obviously came to her mind when she needed this fake boyfriend because she's like he would know exactly my thoughts about this and he right would in it you know and he's not going to leave wanting anything else he's not going to leave wanting That's the theory anyway else. Exactly. So they had a couple cute um, dates and connections and trying to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. So you're right that that part was played really well. But let's talk about this ending this birthday party that was supposed to be a big deal. And there were like, seven people there and one candle on her cake. Like I just <laughs> that whole 
party bummed me out oh well first of all that was like a huge i don't know what kind of birthday parties normal people have but in my family it's just like three people right (laughs) exactly not so like it felt like a wedding (laughs) wow they're really she's really uh close to her family um but i'm very glad she was honest Yes. But I felt like it was the wrong way to be honest. Like in front of all these people who she really was deceiving her immediate family. She was mm-hmm. not deceiving all of her. I mean, they well, they thought they were dating. Such but, a good point. But really it was her family who she deceived the most. And I think that confession scene where she just lays it all out very awkwardly yeah. <laughs> would have worked if it was a small intimate convo after the party with her family. <laughs> right. I don't. I, I totally agree. But that was part of what made me feel like she was so juvenile and how she went about this thing. Cause I'm like, these, your parents just threw you a party, you know, like a big party. And here you're like making this confession in the party of how much you like, didn't like what they were doing. And then you're like, I just want to be his girlfriend. I was just the whole thing. I was like, no, 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 no. This could be done totally differently we don't need this big confession and then he leaves she thinks he leaves but he didn't Mm -hmm. so he hears her confession because he just went to the car to get something I guess yeah her present yeah her present and he comes back and so that they're like they have a little connection which is great so fun I mean the seahorse thing was pretty cute I thought I thought that was really I thought it was really unique yeah, <laughs> and it was endearing. It's like, oh, you brought her some little seahorses. But I do. I will just say that I thought it was really soon to be professing love for one another. I was like, yeah, that was a little, little soon for me. Really soon, yeah. Just pr- like, just end by saying, let's go on a real date. Can I go? Yeah. On? Here's you know, your seahorse. <laughs> yeah, little here's little seahorse. This is where I want to get to with you. I can see it, but let's go on a real date. Like, yeah. I think. I think overall the movie was just, it was so familiar. We've seen a lot like this before, you know, all these scenes, the confession, the fake boyfriend, the pushy family, the, um, the real connection, the real feelings, you know, that they had and the, all of it we've seen before and, and put it together should make a great movie for me, but it, it just didn't each, each little like cliche thing they did felt cliche and felt flat it didn't feel fresh and so I was I was just bummed by it I think (laughs) I like it so much more because I should I should have because it had all my favorite things but I didn't yeah yeah so I'm I know you did so I'm sorry I know it no you're fine we can there's some movies that people hate that I love or yeah (laughs) There are some movies that people love that I hate. I mean, I told you yes. last time about the one Amy loved, like even like a two or something. Right. <laughs> so we all have different perspectives. No, and I, I totally see your point now that you say it. It's just not what I um, what I focused on in the moment when I watched right. it. And I think for me, it's because it hit, this movie hit two of my major like checkpoints, I guess, when I'm watching a movie of what I'm going to like, which is banter and comedy. Yes. So, and I think it really brought that um, with my favorite storyline. So I, I was forgiving of some of the other things that you maybe were not forgiving of. 
Exactly. That that's a good point though. Two things there that that you look for and want from a movie and they deliver for you and and they just didn't deliver for me. I yeah. I just would not watch it again. <laughs> Are we going mm-hmm. out of 10 or out of 5? 10. We do 10 here. We have to have a lot of ten. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I have to tell you, this is a two. This is a two out of 10 for me. Oh my gosh. We're doing a whole Amy and Jess thing with that one. (laughs) It was a huge miss for me. I was not into it. Uh, I gave it an eight. (laughs) Wow. An eight. (laughs) Okay. Some real conflicting ideas here, people. Yes. Two or eight. We're gonna we're gonna need some commentary and feedback. <laughs> we need feedback. If you watched this movie, tell us. Tell us what you thought about that because we are we are at odds, extreme odds. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but that's what makes this fun. We yes. can't always agree. Are you ready for the next one? I am. I am. I'm ready for it. The Charm of Love, starring Katrina Lynn Norman and Tilkey Montgomery Jones. Mm-hmm. Summary, art historian Dr. Madison Turner, an expert in ancient artifacts, travels halfway around the world in the Caribbean to find the legendary Lover's Stone to save her beloved museum. But when she meets Andrew Fitz Fitzpatrick, an international hotelier with trust issues and a local's knowledge of the island, her search may lead her to true love after all. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Okay. So this movie. Yes. I think we're very much in agreement on this one. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I enjoyed the first 15 seconds <laughs> of, this, of this movie. Okay. It... It started off with such this uh, this different sort of flair. It had that that little that music. I don't even know how to describe that music, but it makes you think of like ancient Maya or something. Yes. Um, it was kind of uh, cryptic almost, and it like takes you through the museum, and then she just like powerhouse walks in. Oh, she's you know. in charge. She is in charge. That is her scene. Yeah, she is the expert at the museum. You could tell from how she holds yeah. herself. Even yeah. Yeah, and she's just like, oh, these are fakes, like whatever, you know. Uh, and I was like, okay, yes, I am here for this. I'm like, I don't know what I'm watching, but I like it, and it's <laughs> interesting. And then it just kind of went. <laughs> oh my! Did it ever, Jess? I have so many problems with this movie, so many. And I took better notes on this movie than I did the last one, and so. The last one was more of just like a feeling, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just not cutting it for me. I wish it went farther or deeper or whatever. But this one, I can't even tell you how many things I, I felt were wrong with this movie. For one, her museum is in peril, you know, like, and so it's all mm-hmm. hanging on this one donor who found this, his wife found a journal. She wants to go find the treasure that's in this journal. And so mm-hmm. he's commissioning this museum artifacts expert to go do that, to find this lover stone at this, in this island, whatever. And then based on what she finds, he will either 
save the museum or not you know so all of a sudden you set this up and I'm like they send her by herself you know she's mm-hmm. she's off on this trip by herself which I don't feel like that that was very realistic right. she needs like a team yeah like a team know. like go like, <laughs> do your artifact thing you know <laughs> this is yeah and I was a little confused. I mean, maybe I just don't know enough about art historians, but I felt she like presented herself more like an ar- archaeologist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know really what art historians do, but I feel like they don't go out places. Right. <laughs> and search for things. Maybe they do. If you're an art historian, please chime in. But um, <laughs> I was a little thrown off. I'm like, it just feels more like an archaeologist, which, yeah. which really brings me to her clothing choices. <laughs> that just really through me for a loop okay and I have to say too like actually just last night I watched Pearl in Paradise which has a very very similar well not very very similar um general plot line of like finding this you know mythological pearl thing you know it's very similar um and Jill Wagner plays the uh Jill Wagner and Chris Blaha are the two characters and they are dressed for hiking they have appropriate clothing and shoes this movie, I guess the guy um, Fitz technically had the appropriate clothing, but she did not. She did not. And even Fitz, sometimes like I took a screenshot and I sent it to you and I was like, what are these hiking shoes? Even his were like church shoes, like Cole Hans or something like yeah. really nice little lace up you know, summer casual business shoes or something. I was like, what are they hiking in? Like this is and they're walking in the beach in heels like it just yeah she had heels I mean they were wedges granted but still it's heels yeah. <laughs> in heels the the clothing choice was so weird and so odd so okay that was the whole movie which and I thought surely she's gonna change her shoes and and not hike in those anymore but those were her hiking boots like that was yeah and she made a comment that her friend packed them but I'm like okay like but you're a professional, you have a PhD. Please tell me you went through your own luggage. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, hey, I need uh, my actual uh, hiking shoes so I don't die. Right. How about tennis shoes even? Like you're a tourist, yeah. but not even just a tourist. You're there to work, right? Not to like look super cute. Right. But she did. She looked great the whole movie. I mean, she had these beautiful dresses on. Oh, I know. I wrote a comment. I'm like, wow, she brought a lot of dresses for someone who was prepared to work. <laughs> Dig and search. And yeah, exactly. I would have like maybe brought one, but she had quite a few. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So the first 15 seconds were enjoyable to you. Then it got weird. Then, <laughs> then it got weird. <laughs> she lands on this island and is trying to find her resort. And Honestly, to, to be honest, like she was there to look for something, follow clues and look for something. And this girl gets lost every chance she gets. <laughs> she has no idea how to read a map. And it made me very concerned for her search for the Leverstone. <laughs> very concerned. But but this might have been actually the best part of the movie <laughs> was the meet cute. Because he yes. is he is mopping. <laughs> And he's throughout the water. And apparently the alleyway is not used ever by anyone. And so he does not look when he just chucks the water <laughs> over the side. And whoosh, straight down on her it goes. And I have to say, I 
I think I actually laughed out loud. I'm like, I, did. <laughs> I totally did, Jess. I was shocked. I was shocked because I was like, oh no, the water, he's going to toss it into the alley. She's going to be right there. But it literally went all over her, all down her head and her outfit. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was so funny this meet cute and they start to argue you know she's down in the alley and he's up there on the patio they start to argue about it and it's just it was just so funny that was the best <laughs> moment yes so i will i will give this movie props for that meet cute because it's pretty original and yeah. i loved it yeah. people should have water thrown on them more often yes in movies <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay um so yeah so they have their meet cute and she checks into the the hotel and kind of just like hangs out for like a day or so um before they begin their their adventure um right so well he though is you know he's a hotelier all around the world he mm -hmm. wants to make these hotels bring in the culture really um he calls himself what a, a a cultural ambassador and so different places he goes he wants to bring culture but this island specifically is special to him i think he was raised there or had family roots there something that the island was special to him and it really felt like home to him so he was taking it very seriously they're also trying to plan a festival to bring tourists mm -hmm. tourism is down they need to bring tourists they're trying to get these locals to help and everything and um it's just everything's really depending on this myth this lover stone myth right so that mm -hmm. kind of sets that up they have three days to plan this festival and that was concerning to me as well <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so yeah they had they had their own little side thing going on there um which i didn't i didn't really care for that story it's, it was boring like yeah nobody wants to watch people in meetings and no. we had a couple of them and it's like mm. yeah so, and I think too, like this plot line, uh, the general plot line of just trying to find something, I think can be a very hard one to sell. Yeah. Even in Pearl and Paradise, I, it was a little slow for me because it is hard to, oh, we're just looking for something. And, and to really make that something that's interesting for viewers is a challenge. So they didn't really pick an easy topic for, for this movie to begin with, mm -hmm. um, but- they tried, to, they tried to throw a lot at this movie too not only were we finding the lever stone with the museum part of it but the the whole island part of it too with the people there and then fits and his personal story and then i don't know there was just a lot that was going on oh the journals all these the history and these mm -hmm. more, more journals that she's going to read and stuff like that and i was like Whew, let's uh, let's land let's land on a, a storyline here and really develop that <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so um let's let's break some of the, a few things down here i i have a question <laughs> um so when they went on that first when they um did that tour that touring thing that they did where they the end point was iliana's point yeah and she wanders off into the woods by herself because this is a very smart idea and and misses the sign that says snakes are here or yeah. something yeah um did you think that she got bitten by that snake i thought she did i like it looked like it bit her in the face and then 
and then they just kind of like did not even <laughs> they just oh. didn't even talk about it and I was like but she has a, a scrape on her knee somehow and I was very confused on what happened there she has a scrape on her knee we didn't even see her fall she was trudging through a swamp with those boots on that I, I feel like there would be more snakes in the swamp than in the trees falling from the trees like that was so weird and yes it looked like I mean it was a real snake and it looked like it that would have freaked me out so much more it looked like it bit her face but she was fine yeah but she had a scrape at her knee but she scraped Summer. her knee I was just so confused. I was like, why are they not addressing that she was bit in the face? And then he like asked her if it bit her or something. And she said, no. And I was like, oh, I guess she didn't. Oh, I guess it did. (laughs) What happened? Like it literally went out her like, and it looks like it got her. (laughs) I think what's frustrating with this movie specifically was that I kept anticipating things happening that didn't happen. And so it, Mm -hmm. it always felt like each scene was like, oh, oh, that was it. Oh, okay. Like, she wanders off from the tour group because it's exceptionally foolish, you know, in, in doing that. Totally broke his three rules for the buddy system, stuff like that. And then he's kind of mad at her, but not really. And I was like, he should be furious at her. <laughs> I'm glad he at least like kind of like mini chewed her out <laughs> because yeah, yeah, she really made a poor decision there. She did. Was- Maybe he was more forgiving because she scraped her knee. <laughs> exactly. The pretty American is what they kept calling her. But I do have in my notes a couple of times, like this is Pearl in Paradise. Like this is, it just felt like I've seen this movie movie before, mm-hmm. you know, different elements of it. I've seen right. It and yes. that was kind of, kind of sad. But once she tells him about like this, the museum and the, mm-hmm. the lover stone thing, he's like, okay, I'm in. I'm going to find yes. that with you. That was a pretty quick turnaround. You know, now they're friends and they're trying to find right. something together, I guess. Right. Yeah. And then they begin their search and they, they start having a lot of these conversations, especially about love. And this is another question I had. I thought she didn't believe in love, but then it seemed like she was trying to convince him. They, they had this debate about love and she was like all about love. And I was so confused. I'm like, what? where do you stand? Because she had this whole thing where like her ex stole her thesis. Right. Which is right you know but (laughs) and they didn't really talk about that any more than than that like her ex stole her thesis yeah but then she does you know you see her at the restaurant she sees other couples around and she's kind of like you could tell she's bummed that she's at this beautiful place without somebody with her and so she starts to kind of start to think through like what do I think of love and everything but then in the face of his defiance of there's no true love you know, he's about to propose some to somebody in more of like a business relationship type of way. She really starts to dig her heels in and is like, I believe in love. I believe in true love. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. I thought that was confusing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's let's go on that. Uh, the fact that he is about to propose to somebody else. Um, uh, her name was, was it Trish? Trina? Trina. Trina. It was Trina. Trina. Uh, that was another point that I really struggled with because it just felt like he was cheating on her because, mm-hmm. you know, he pretty much just acted like she didn't even exist for most of this movie. He didn't yeah. really seem conflicted by the fact that he had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then when he shows up, he's just kind of, you know, like, oh, hey, and like nothing's <laughs> been going on here. 
I know. I I think that's one thing in in movies like this that that does bother me. It's like just because we can tell and you can tell that there's no true love in that relationship doesn't give you license to go give your heart away to somebody else. Like Mm -hmm. take care of that relationship. If you're going to end it, end it, you know, and then go and then go and, and um, let your heart fall for somebody else. I mean, I know people argue that like, you can't help that, but there is an element of, of something you can help in that. You know, and I think if they had even shown him a little more conflicted about it, he just didn't seem to care. And and it wasn't even him who broke it off. It was Trina. It was her. Like, well, clearly, you know. Yeah. Lucky guy, (laughs) right? Like, he didn't even have to do the work. (laughs) I know. So his own heart. It was too easy for him. It was way too easy. And he needed more conflict of like, wow, I'm following this this other person, but I'm you know committed to this this other woman so something's gotta give not just let me just go have all these romantic things with this other woman and pretend like trina's just you know off somewhere else right which and so when she was but (laughs) when she does come she finally shows up to the island because he's not answering his phone you know they need to talk business she's his business manager they she joins them on this boat you know this snorkel Mm -hmm. trip but they're gonna they're gonna go look for the the thing in a snorkel reef. I was another point. I'm like, shouldn't they be diving? They were going so far down, so far. This isn't, this isn't snorkeling anymore. I was like, they need to be they need to be diving. Yeah, not not snorkeling. So I actually liked that scene though, where the three of them were on a boat and they were talking about yeah, you know, talking about their relationship. I think Trina was trying to get get information on her but it wasn't done in a real catty way I didn't know no not at all yeah she was just like she you could tell she was confident in her relationship with Fitz even though he was (laughs) a weirdo (laughs) but it gave her insight like huh I don't think you know seeing that comparison was what she needed to get out of the relationship I think Mm -hmm. so more power to you Trina she knew what she wanted and she she you got out of that relationship so that was good <laughs> yeah good for her she she didn't need to be with him anyway no uh okay so let's move to um more of the ending here so um the they are able to piece together more clues because um maddie realizes some pages from like fitz's stuff go into this journal she got from dr or was he a doctor the no. weber guy just yeah. the weber guy um, so she puts the pages together. They they put more of the clues together, and she realizes like which beach this lover's stone is located on. And they gotta like start digging up these giant rocks. <laughs> um, so they enlist the help of everybody. Then it gets dark, and everyone leaves, and it's just her and Fitz, and they find it. And lo and behold, it starts to glow because it's in the presence of true love. <laughs> and it's a nice. It's a nice story, but I am such an unromantic that I could not handle <laughs> that we have a glowing no. stone. No, you don't have to be. I mean, you could be, you could be the most romantic person and still think that this was ridiculous. This was yeah. absolutely ridiculous that this stone would glow in the presence of true love. Mm-hmm. That I think they even tried to give it a scientific reason that it would, but it was st- it was so bad. Yeah, um, 
and and here's the thing too is like with pearl and paradise even that one had like a myth that it was like true love would find the stone you know but there was nothing supernatural and it was more about the journey of finding it that that it kind of tied in with that and and yes. that's a lot more plausible than we have found the stone and here it is glowing in our presence here, in this one spot that we dug that first place we dug we found it and it's starting he goes in for the most awkward kiss ever and the stone starts to glow and they're like shocked by it wow which they don't even think oh this is true love so they don't finish their kiss they just think wow we found it right then after all that work of finding it they leave it oh i know i wrote that i'm like why are they leaving it guard it with your life <laughs> they left it that bothered me so bad. I was like, you cannot leave it. What? And then they're like, oh, we found it. I honestly, that was another point just to me that I thought something's going to happen to it. Like they left it mm -hmm. and it was so obviously an uncomfortable thing that they did that I was like, oh no, something's going to happen to it. But no, nothing happened. Nothing happened to it. It was just fine. Just being left in the sand. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. And yeah. And everyone just goes and visits it to see it. And it's all great. Yeah. Everything's chill on the island, Carrie. No one's going to see everything. It. This is an island village. <laughs> None of that crime and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so they they um, they go back and Weber and his wife shown up. And that's when um, it's kind of dropped that they're planning on taking it back, mm -hmm. which I thought would have been obvious. Right. We're in our historian slash yeah. archaeologist in my mind um that they weren't planning on keeping it there right and i was surprised that she was so surprised by that fact surprised. but don't you think that she started to understand the cultural importance of this lover stone to the island to the people you know what it meant to bring tourism back there yeah they actually found it so she starts to i think she becomes a believer i'm being very generous here actually with my um, deep insights, because I don't think it's deep, but she starts to become a believer and then realizes the best thing for this is to stay here on the island and not, not to come back to their museum and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So yeah, they wrap it up pretty quickly. Like the mm -hmm. mayor has sold the stone, but then they realize this connection of the wife to Fitz's grandfather and she like makes him like give it back. <laughs> Who knows how? you know power of the wife get back. Get back um and then they have the the big festival they're planning they reveal the stone it glows again in the presence of true love well jess in the meantime he thinks he was betrayed by her oh, right yes. mm -hmm. he thinks he's like what she sold the stone did she know that this whole time so he like does this awful public accusation you're not who i thought you were and then his his wise sage aunt in his life or whatever is like you wouldn't feel so deeply if you didn't love her and he's like oh my gosh i love her but <laughs> he's already like been really mean to her about it and these yeah. accusations so anyway they're at the festival she wants to see him and explain what she hasn't done yet mm -hmm. the festival has like 10 people there so big that, festival that i was like in my mind i was thinking this is a pre-festival the festival's not happening yet because <laughs> this can't be it 
if the festival had COVID restrictions, they, they only have 10 people. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. Okay, so go ahead. So they they have this reveal. Yes, they have the reveal and it glows again. And Fitza does his his public apology too. We have another public apology. I think he did it. Yeah, he did on the stage, right? He did. Yeah, he did. Which this one, I was actually like, okay, you totally accused her in front of everybody. At least you're apologizing to her in front in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like this one yeah. made sense to me a little bit. It still is a little ridiculous. Let me grab the microphone at the festival and apologize publicly mm-hmm. to this girl. <laughs> but then it's all good. They they make up, and um, the the lover stone stays where it belongs mm-hmm. i think they build uh, a museum for it there mm-hmm. or something like that and um maddie decides she's staying on the island she's staying she's gonna start her own something she was gonna start something like her own business of something uh... i don't know what she started but in my mind it made most sense that she would run the museum yeah nothing about this movie made sense or followed what I wanted it to do. So that is probably not what actually happened, but he decided to stay on the Island. She decided to stay on the Island and the lever stone only glowed in their presence. So because everyone else is destined for divorce. None of these other people. No one else had true love. Just these two. (laughs) Just them. No one else. Nobody. The stone is very selective so selective i mean it's the truest of true love so they had it they had it (laughs) okay well let's let's move on to our ratings um i'll go first with this one so obviously didn't care for it very much um it started out with a bang but then it just i just felt it got a little boring and it just felt like he was cheating on his girlfriend for half the time yeah continuity stuff with her profession and her, her wardrobe um but there were there were some cute moments like the meet cute and I actually really like their little paddle boarding um yes that scene I thought that was pretty cute um, yeah so I gave it a 3.75 okay okay that's very that's very nice I have it at a 3.5 okay, 3.5 so we're pretty close very close 3.5 out of 10 you hit the highlights I mean that was that was it. I mean, I wanted to give a half a point because I because I laughed out loud at this meet cute, you know, and that's that's always fun for me. I love when they bring the humor, but it just didn't stay. There was nothing, mm-hmm. nothing intriguing about their their search, nothing super awesome about their romance. Like everything was just just fell flat to me. So it wasn't for me. I, I just really can't can't with this movie and the green glowing lever stone (laughs) uh yeah yes they're only glowed for them yes only glowed for them we'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the hallmarkies patreon do you love hallmarkies podcast do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. 
You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Oh, so two, it was a rough start in March here for, <laughs> um, for me with these two movies. Uh, well, let's see if the third one redeems itself for you. <laughs> um, this one is Love at Sunset Terrace, started, starring Ellen Waglum and Carla Marks. And summary is, tired of her fast-paced life in the city, Sophie Carter travels to a small seaside town to disconnect and self-reflect, staying at a rental home run by a widowed father of a young girl. With a little nudging from the matchmaking daughter, Sophie and Michael unexpectedly start to fall in love, and Sophie must decide between returning home or following her heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so with this one, we set up the scene of we have this kind of workaholic woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's having some stress with her clients. Her, I don't know if he was her boss, Spencer, um, or if he was just like a her business partner. 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 Her partner, yeah. Yeah. And he tells her, you know, take some time off, you know, whatever. Cause she, um, designs, she just designs, I don't know if it was homes. Uh, she was yeah. doing yeah. more corporate no, stuff. Maybe. No, it is more creative. It's a creative job. Cause I too, I was like, what does she do? So I was really trying to, to zone in when she talked about it. It's more creative stuff that she does. And she designs someone's like dream living room or dream kitchen, but it just, she ended up feeling like a lackey to the stars. You know, they had Mm -hmm. these wild ideas and she had to make them happen. So it really wasn't her creativity she was tapping into. She was just trying to make these stars in LA happy with their homes and stuff. So it was kind of draining, draining work for her. Yeah. Not what she wanted. Yes. And so she decides to go to um, this little place where um, so she had a painting that her grandmother did and she realizes that it if she looks on the back and realizes the location is this place called Summerside and so she decides that she's gonna go to this place where her grandma did this painting mm-hmm. and take her little vacation there mm-hmm. and so she first stops at a cafe where she meets this little girl Kaylee and they kind of strike up a little fun conversation yeah. in the cafe um before she heads to the bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. And um, when she goes to the bed and breakfast, well, first she, he's not there, the person who owns the place. He's not there. Okay, wait, wait. I'm go- I want to let you set the scene too, but I want to tell you my first impressions of this Ellen Wolglum, who plays Sophie, okay. was honestly the first couple minutes, I wasn't sure who the lead was. Who I was like, Oh, what? I know. Me too. I was like, she just didn't look like your typical romantic lead in this, in these up movies. And, um, but then when she takes time off, she gets to this Somerset, she's in this breezy dress, her hair's down. I was like, okay, okay. She's starting to look the part a little bit to me. And honestly, I was kind of intrigued by that. I was like, oh, this is going to be really fun. Like there's a different 
type of lead here. She was much more of like an everyday kind of looking woman, you know, really adorable. She had like this great crooked smile and um, really quick to smile too, really quick to just kind of relax and throw herself into this vacation, which I thought was fun because sometimes these leads like resist throwing themselves into rest and vacation, but mm-hmm. she just was, that's what she was there for. And so she just yeah, really, she really embraced it. She really embraced it. So she, over the first 15 minutes, just really captured my interest, actually. So I thought, did you think the same thing? Like you weren't sure who the lead was at the beginning? Not for as long as I think you did. So like, I I think it confused me because so like usually at the beginning of these movies, they do a couple of like quick scenes of like, here's the setting. And she was like in one, but it seemed like she was in the background. And I was like, oh, this is a background character. And then, and then we got to the meeting and I was like, oh, wait here she is again. So, oh, she must be the lead. And I just thought it was weird. They had her in the background, but they had, hadn't focused on her. So I, at first I thought she was a side character and then I'm like, oh, right. okay, here she right. is. I mean, she seemed at the very beginning, she seemed a little older, honestly. She was, it was kind of like, she, I was like, oh, oh, okay. So we're going to, this. we're going with someone who's older, but then she really just kind of she got younger and younger at heart to me. Yeah. <laughs> and even in even in looks. So anyway, she intrigued me right at the beginning, which I loved. So she goes to Somerset, finds this bed and breakfast, but nobody's nobody's around, so she can't check in. So go ahead. You were yeah. saying. So she uh she goes to one of the other little like cabins or whatever. She meets this woman named Christine. Um, and then she just kind of wanders down to uh like the beach area mm-hmm. and then she first encounters michael <laughs> shirtless and all and here begins the many awkward exchanges they have oh my goodness first of all this is not the first time she's seen this michael guy she didn't know he was the host but he like knocked on the window of the cafe when she's talking to the little girl and he does this thing and she kind of waves like is he waving to me but he's not so now she's like oh that was like their first little awkward interaction right then he is getting out of a kayak takes off his life jacket you know has this kind of like just athletic build and stuff and she just watching him and then he catches her and she says oh I'm just admiring the view <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. he was like thank you and she's like no I mean that not you the <laughs> <speech>. <laughs> was- yeah so they have a very awkward <laughs> meet cute um but it doesn't even stop there so no. like like maybe like I don't know five more minutes into the movie um she goes i think she goes to him because she is it's when she wants him to hide all of her technology for uh-huh. her and she knocks on the door and he opens it and or something and he says my door is always unlocked for you and then he realizes what that sounds like <laughs> and she i just love the expression on her face when he oh, she's like, what <laughs> Okay. Like they just, they just had these moments where they said way too intimate things. You know, yes. Together. Like, and then they, I mean, because you're my guest and this is a professional establishment and you come <laughs> and use the kitchen. Yeah. That so those was- are fun because, you know, I think that we all have times where we say something and then we hear it and we're like, 
that is not how I wanted that to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Now for me, for me personally, they played that awkwardness together really well and it kept happening and it kind of became their thing. And I thought it was so funny. And each time that they interacted with each other, like they saw each other in town one time and they were like overly apologetic, you know, he's sorry for this. She's sorry for that and doesn't want to be an inconvenience. And they kind of catch themselves and they were like, wow, I need to stop apologizing to you. I need to be more rude. And she said, I need to be more inconvenient or something. And (laughs) that didn't last very long. He was like, oh yeah, sorry. And so the whole thing was just hilarious to me. I thought it was really funny. Now, I think you, it was too much for you. Yeah, I I can do an awkward encounter, but if there's too many, which I felt like there was here, it just becomes uncomfortable (laughs) for me. I don't always embrace the awkward as much, I think, as some people. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, can we stop the awkwardness? But it was a little like, it was their shtick a little bit because she sees him and she like tries to hide and like doesn't want to interact with him because she already feels so awkward around him. But then sure enough, something else happens. <laughs> but then here's the thing, like she's she's like that, but then it's like pretty early on, she gets very, very pushy very quickly. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing I struggle with with her character is yeah. she gets this idea. Okay, she's a guest and she gets this idea that they need to have this like hosting get together yeah. uh, thing or whatever. I yeah. don't even know, was it like a festival? I don't know, but anyway. And she just like, you need to do this. And I mean, I can help you, but she's just so pushy about it. And I was like, you're a guest and you're supposed to be relaxing. And I can't imagine going somewhere, meeting the host and being like, "Um, yeah, you need to do this for me. I know, I know. He And he was really miffed about it. You know, he was really overwhelmed that she comes in with all of her exuberance, all of her energy and has these ideas and invites people over. And he's like, whoa. Because we find out that he, you know, that the bed and breakfast was like that in the past. It, mm-hmm. it has a long, rich history in the community of being a gathering place and a place where people, you know, come and celebrate life and, and do things together. But his wife passed away mm-hmm. five, however many years ago his wife passed away and then he needed to focus on like raising his daughter and you know, being a single father to her and running the bed and breakfast. I was like, all he could handle. So she comes in and he is just like, this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> she was totally being pushy, but he wanted to protect his daughter, you know, to, to not get her hopes up, um, to not be disappointed again, to mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yes. So he was dealing with some kind of, he was over controlling certain situations in his daughter's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually really appreciated that that he was uh, very protective of his mm-hmm. daughter because it was, you know, he was overprotective and it was like kind of like his, a small flaw for him, but I felt like it was very authentic um, to see him overreact on some of these things, you know, really yeah. wanting to protect Kaylee, although I had to laugh at the waffle making scene when the waffle maker was clearly not on <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's it! it's gonna burn you but then like he opens it and it's just still like batter he like tries to wipe it too I'm like is that isn't that hot 
you know like I know it's like I did I mean I understand like we have a young actress reaching for a appliance but maybe we could have added a sound effect of sizzling so I could have imagined it was on (laughs) I know (laughs) even though I could see clearly it was not cooking the batter (laughs) (laughs) maybe a little more funny to me I liked that okay I liked a couple of the a couple of the times where she did like invite people over for early morning painting or yeah. yoga or bread, you know, like, yes, that was, she definitely was being kind of pushy and very free with her, his space. Cause he comes out in the morning in his jammies, he's stretching, then he's <laughs> surprised. <laughs> like, oh, hello there. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was cute that, that it kept happening. Mm-hmm. And towards the end at the last one where it happened to, and he comes along and they're baking he kind of just stands there and he just kind of watches her and he's just, he just thinks it's fun. You know, like this little scene, he's not going to join in, join in, but up oh, here she is again, doing her thing. Yep. So you can see him softening, but that yeah. was. Cool. Yes. He definitely did start to soften to all of the, all of her ideas. Um, and he was, uh, became more and more open about them. Yes. Um, as we, as we went along. And so um they begin to have like more more intimate moments and I really love that I really love Sophie and Kaylee's relationship too actually I loved both of their relationships with Kaylee yeah um I thought they were both very authentic and like with Sophie like doing the pirate the pirate antics (laughs) with uh, Kaylee and I'm like oh my gosh it's like he has two children right now (laughs) Right, exactly. <laughs> or his dancing. He would always like dance with her and like run around and jump. And I thought he was he was playful, but he was you could tell he was the dad, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel like this is the third month in a row that you and I like the kid element in the, some of these movies. And up channel, up movies seem to be doing this really well, actually. Mm-hmm. They they create these substantial kid roles who add to the movie they they are played by great actors and actresses and it, I feel like they just have done that really well lately mm-hmm. yeah and I think it's because or at least in this movie um because the child has a purpose it's not just a little like oh, here's my adorable little child to, right. to like right. melt your heart but you know Kaylee <laughs> was you know well I the description called her a matchmaker I didn't really see her as doing that um so much but I mean, with the kayak scene. Yeah, like, oh, I love that scene. Yes. Stop yeah. backseat kayak. <laughs> <laughs> Where she saw Sophie go down to the lake to kayak. So she was like, dad, dad, I want to kayak. He's like, oh, right now? She's like, yeah, yeah. And so they, she gets them down there to go and have this little family kayak time, which yeah. seems like a matchmaking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt too, like, that um she wasn't like necessarily even like the perfect child I mean she she wasn't like bad but she had moments where she would get like super exuberated or super annoyed with her dad and I felt like they they threw those in where she wasn't just like there like constantly right. a perfect little angel the whole no, time you're right you're right I thought that was great so yeah I thought Kaylee was a great um great addition to this this movie yeah, yeah. um let's talk about some of these other side characters so I really loved Christine and Daniel yes I wanted more of them I don't know about you I felt like we did not have enough of those two I was like I know they they added such a great element to the movie especially Christine and Sophie's new friendship and there was a moment where Sophie runs in 
well, it was after this, another awkward scene between them where she like falls off a ladder. <laughs> she falls off a ladder. Michael kind of catches her a little bit. They have a moment where they look at each other and then she's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to town. And he's like, do you want me to come or, you know, and like, it's super awkward again. So she runs to Christine's house and they have that conversation, that moment that's really meaningful and hilariously Christine says there's so many emotions here and wait what does she say she says um there are a lot of unexplained feelings here <laughs> and she says I don't even live here <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was a great like self-aware self-aware I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even live here what am I doing <laughs> yes yeah so that that was kind of cool now, was it that in that scene with Christine, did Christine say, or did Michael say, sometimes you're forced to change and sometimes you can choose to? Uh, I don't remember. I forget who said it, said it, but yeah, I wrote it down without writing down who said it, but I thought that was really, I it's thought very that poignant. was a quote. Yeah. Sometimes oh, you're forced yeah. to change and you have to just deal with it. Um, so you choose it. Choose to. Yeah. So which one is it going to be? <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Then the kind of the in last quarter of this movie, we have Sophie's work begins to creep back into her life. Yes. She's ignoring all her texts. She stays true to that for, for most of the movie until Spencer shows up is like, yo, you got some clients and um, they're going to like throw a fit, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. They yeah. want you, only you. Right. You're you're the brains here, or the creative the creative brains here, and we need you. Yeah. So, um, she does go back, but she sends Kaylee the purple beanbag chair, which I thought was I had totally forgotten about that by that point in the movie that they had talked yes. about that. And that, that was like really fun. So sweet. She remembered Kaylee's dream room had a purple beanbag chair, so she sent that. She also painted a painting and left that for him, for him, well, for the place. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like her grandmother had done. And yeah, so that was, that was cute. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so the Michael uh, has the little party um, on his own and he kind of shows some of the history of things that have happened at Sunset Terrace and then who shows up? Sophie's back. Yay. <laughs> Sophie came back, which, you know, she left. She was helping them. She wanted them to do the summer solstice. She was helping them plan. She then leaves and he's kind of like, I knew it. I knew you would leave. I knew you wouldn't stay. You're just a guest, you know, mm -hmm. but then she, you know, rethinks her life and comes back and she, she, he just made the announcement that they would reopen Sunset Terrace for community mm -hmm. events. And so yes. that's super fun. But we find out she drops um, some big news on him, actually. She quit her job. <laughs> yes. And so it's this movie that she, she decides to start her own business. I think I was thinking of that when we were talking about the, uh, the Charm movie. But it's this movie. Yeah, she decides to start her own business designing homes. On, the, on that place, at that place. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She is going to, she quit her job. She sold her half to Spencer, her business partner. And now here, so she's, she totally had like this midlife crisis and this little savior complex where she's coming 
to the bed and breakfast to Michael and Kaylee's life where she's going to save them, you know, and be a part of this awesome life waiting for her. Now, that didn't bother me so much as it can in certain movies because I liked this little family that they had created. And I, mm-hmm. I did believe this was a better kind of lifestyle for her than the one in LA. Yeah. But typically I'm like, whew, babe, you know, what are you doing? You work, <laughs> you work for that career, like <laughs> giving it up for two weeks, two weeks at a bed and breakfast, but. Yeah. Oh. And now she's just giving up everything. I hope her business takes off. (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. One thing I really liked about, about this, this couple, uh, Sophie and Michael is that I, I kind of believed, I believed their development of their relationship with the awkwardness, with the, um, you know, they're kind of playing house. She's the only guest at this bed and breakfast. So they're kind of playing house and they really start to fall deep and fast for each other and they're not ready for it. You know, they're, so that's why it was so awkward, I think between them, but, um, but then all the pieces do fall into place and she shows up at the party at the end mm-hmm. and says she quit her job and says she wants to be, wants to be there with them. And they kiss in front of everybody, which is always not awkward. And if, I mean, this one was awkward again, right in line with everything else that they did, but people clap for them. This like, idea, didn't they clap? And I'm just like, oh, I never like, I don't like public confessions and I don't like public kisses. Like, well, like in front of a crowd where like everyone's just like watching them. Like, <laughs> right, right. Like that, like it's a show, dinner and a movie. It was, that was definitely, it was ended with a kiss and commitment at Sunset Terrace. Like that's, that's what it was. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, and that's, that's the ending. That's it. That is it. Happily ever after from here on out. So with this Carlo Marx guy, I really like him actually. Um, most of the movies I've seen him in on Hallmark channel, um, have been good. I think they've been good movies. Um, Moonlight in Vermont with Lacey Chabert. There was, um, a movie with Jen Lilly, uh, Angel Falls, Novel Holiday, and oh, Christmas with the Darlings. Remember that mm-hmm. one? Um, at Christmas time, mm-hmm. I really liked that one. So I've not seen him in Chesapeake Shores too, too consistently. Yeah, but I like this guy. And he, t- he brought this movie up for me from what it could be because I really liked him and his character. Um, grieving Widower. So I gave this movie a seven out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't far behind. I gave it a six out of 10. Although well, now that we've been talking about it, I'm like maybe I should have been a little higher. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> maybe I'll change this to six and a half. Six and a half. What makes it what makes it just a half half point higher for you? I don't know, because now we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, I feel like now I remember maybe I like this movie more than I thought. <laughs> Uh, I think that the things that just were bothering me was like Sophie being pushy and the, the party planning angle was just a little I know slow. And it's just not, it's, it's a hard, again, it's a hard storyline to make interesting. So right. Um, right. I think that kind of had it working against it, but the, I, the second half was significantly better for me. And I really started to um, kind of 
leave them as a couple and I just loved Kaylee so yes I'll yeah. give it up to six and a half. Oh, good I like it yeah this it ended the month ended well for me so I'm I was really thankful for that I you got I, some I, redemption <laughs> two misses and a win for me this is that's what it was yeah mm-hmm. all right well everybody that wraps up this month's movies um be sure to let us know your thoughts especially on that first one since we uh <laughs> have a difference of opinion just a little just uh, and be sure to be following us on all social media uh we can be found at oua upside on twitter and instagram and of course following the hallmark east podcast uh, across all social media as well and leave us your ratings and reviews because we always love to know what you think yes um carrie where can people find you yeah come find me on uh at hallmark comics on instagram i'd love to interact with you there awesome and you can find me at just bsw blog on twitter and instagram mm-hmm. so yes and we'll be back next month for i think only two april movies I wow believe. two april movies i hope they're good ones okay i'm excited about that I'll see you then <laughs> yes all right everybody bye bye <laughs>